0: Blog Talk Radio
1: The following show is a proud member of the ShowDoc Network. Learn more about this show and other great shows by logging on to ShowDoc.com. This week's episode of System Showdown is sponsored by Blog Talk Radio, the sports docket. And,
0: and by ShowDoc, we're going to the Lindsey Sterling concert tomorrow, Saturday. Hell yeah. Hell oh yeah. <laughs>
1: Welcome to System Showdown with Quas and John. Tune in to hear John, a Mac lover, go head-to-head with Quas, a Windows addict, to find out which system makes the grade. Presented by ShowDoc.com Hello and welcome
0: to episode 58 of System Showdown right here on Blog Talk Radio. It's time to talk some technology. Hello and welcome to the show once again. This is episode 58, as I said before, for February 6th, 2013. Tonight we'll be talking the top Apple and Microsoft uh, issues and topics of the week. We'll also talk technology as well. We're coming to you live tonight from Brooklyn, New York, and Queens, New York, and maybe Staten Island, New York, if our uh, other co-host, Ilya Arba, joins us. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Ethan Quasman, the PC guy.
1: And I'm John Shiver, the Mac guy. And we have a great show for you guys tonight. I promise you that. We're going to be talking some great topics. And as Kwas said, we're coming from Brooklyn, Queens, and maybe Staten Island. So we'll see about that. We're still weighing on our third co-host, who is MIA right now. But we're going to be talking yeah we're going to be talking some really great stories so don't get me wrong we're going to be talking headlining our show tonight's going to be the invasion jailbreak, which just was dropped on monday afternoon to a hotly anticipated crowd of jailbreakers who are sick of apple's practices as far as locking down their phones and we're going to be having an exclusive talk with me a jailbreaker we're going to be talking about some of the latest tips and tricks as far as the new evasion jailbreak, which, by the way, is for uh, the iPhone 5, which made this so hot. It's our Apple's latest device. It's for pretty much any device that could run iOS 6. So this was a big deal. I believe we're also going to be talking a couple of other minor stories. We're going to be talking about the private uh, uh, Dell's, Dell computers. is going to be going private. We have, we'll have the inside scoop on that. And we're going to be talking many, many other little tech stories tonight. How are you doing tonight, Claus?
0: I'm doing good. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm excited here by this jailbreak, even though I have an iPhone 4. It doesn't really apply to me, but I do have iOS 6 on my iPhone 4. So what does that mean, John? Does it apply
1: for me or not? That's actually an excellent question. Like, the reason why this jailbreak was so popular, because it was for so many devices. I believe that if you want to check out the full list, you can go to evasion.com. That's e v a s -S i. The number zero, uh, It's I think it's for nearly any device that could run iOS 6. So iPhone 5, iPhone 4S, iPhone 4, uh, what else was there? Uh, definitely uh, the iPod t- some newer iPod Touches, iPads, the iPad Mini. It, 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 that's why it's such a big deal. People have been waiting on this for months now since iOS 6 dropped la- late last year. And there's some really cool tweaks that people have been waiting for with this that I've actually been playing with a lot. And the crazy thing i was thinking of now, like not many people even know what jailbreaking is, because uh, like I was reading on the Reddit threads, I'm a big Redder, Uh a lot of people are curious now at this drop, what is jailbreaking? Why would I want to do it? But it's growing, and it really, like, I'm a huge Apple lover, but it comes down to the thing I'm getting sick of, Apple, you know, is limiting features in order to preserve the App Store and allowing like not allowing extra tweaks to go on to their store that people have to, you know, go through drastic measures like jailbreaking in order to accomplish little things. Because when you hear about jailbreak tweaks, it's really, really tiny stuff. But it makes a big difference for jailbreakers. That's yeah, you know, that's my view on it at least. Like but do you ever want a jailbreak clause? Uh,
0: I'm a little bit. I don't want to go to prison,
1: so uh, uh, you're funny, and I got like you. You may be joking, but the crazy thing is, Apple has been wanting to make jailbreaking illegal, which they try. But I'm pretty. Like, I'm not actually sure. Like they've been follow. Like they've been trying to say that it's against the DMCA in order to jailbreak your device. But I think it was ruled that, like, my feelings on it. And this is like I'm not a lawyer. I don't know the first thing about internet law, copyright law, digital law. But if I buy something, then I own it. I could do what I want with it. If I go out and spend my hard-earned money on a device, I could do whatever I want with that device, you know? I could take it apart. I could make it something different. and I could modify the software on it, which is exactly what jailbreaking is. It's literally taking a device and modifying the software on it to fit your needs.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. And... And uh, this, is, this is something that uh, has been very popular in the iPhone community for a long time.
1: Mm-hmm. That's the crazy thing. Like, it, as a matter of fact, it's funny you mention that, because uh, like with the first iPhone that came out in 2007, I'm sh- most people, I'm not actually sure if people remember it or not, but it didn't have an app store. The app store was an afterthought. Uh, so what happened was people, the first jailbreaks were all about getting apps onto this device. So I remember some of the first apps were like Lights Out and the Installer app. And this was before, like, Cydia is the main jailbreak app that's used today for downloading packages. And it's always been about, you know, sure the jailbreak community is much smaller then, and it's grown a lot. Because I I forgot the exact number, because uh, uh, one of the jailbreak guys released, uh, I think they said 3 million unique views on their site within the past 24 hours or so, or actually the past month. That's still pretty impressive. Three million unique views and eight million total views in order to get the latest jailbreak. So it's starting to catch on. And a uh, big shout out to the guys at reddit.com slash r slash jailbreak. They, you know, they've been growing in numbers exponentially. I wonder actually how big they are right now. Because if you go there, that's really where all the jailbreak discussion takes place. You know, right now it's, 25,000 readers who have been subscribed to Reddit are jailbreak. And the, the number is growing. People are more interested in customizing their devices more than ever. And, you know, I can't say I blame them. Apple really locks down the device, so you can't do anything, but it's really fun. But, like, uh, we, we could talk about some examples of what you can do with jailbreaking, if you're curious, cause because I know you're on the fence of that, and I'm sure many of our listeners are, too. Isn't that right?
0: I would imagine. And if mm-hmm. a listeners want to find men on their Experiences or non-experiences with jailbreak, jailbreak, and can call us at one three four seven four two six thirty nine zero three. You can also join our blog talk radio chat room if you hope becomes lively in the future, and you can also chat with us on Jabber chat if, if you're into that type of thing. Uh, you can sh- I am uh, the Mac guy Scheiber. He's really he's really the Android guy in disguise. So uh,
1: <laughs> guilty, guilty is charged.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh you can I am Shiver at, at org. That's S C H E I B E R. And you can also I am myself at Ethan Crossman at org. So mm-hmm. um, And uh yeah, so this is one of this this was this was announced on Monday afternoon, right?
1: Mm, correct, Monday afternoon. They actually teased it for the Super Bowl. They teased it for Sunday. But people like they've been waiting on this for a while now. Like, there were delays, many, many delays. First, uh, I believe the delay was Apple was going to release iOS 6.1, and they were worried that this is going to break the jailbreak. It's going to make it not work anymore. So the developers of the jailbreak held off on it until it, 6.1 was released from Apple. After 6.1 was released, and they said it was all clear, they got back to work on it, did the final touches, and it was it was released on Monday afternoon. Crazy thing, though. Like, I believe it was at 12 p.m. exactly that it was released. And, like, when they put up the download links, it actually almost crashed the site, from what I remember. People were trying to post mirrors of the file, uh, torrents of it, and in order to get this file spread around. And I believe it was so hotly anticipated that it actually crashed a number of the package servers that were used to host the installer packages for the devices, because I definitely had trouble. When I was trying to install the jailbreak and go on to Cydia and get some packages, I was getting constant timeouts. It wouldn't let me sign in to my account on Cydia in order to get packages I purchased. And it was crazy. It was crazy fun, too. I loved it to death. The the process was incredibly painless. It took about, uh, altogether, about five or seven minutes in order to jailbreak the device. And then... You could go have fun and download whatever you want onto it and have some crazy tweaks. Like, we could talk about some of my favorite tweaks if you're really curious.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm curious.
1: Mm-hmm, yeah, I'll just tell you real quick a couple of my favorite things I love about jailbreaking the device. First off, when you jailbreak... Oh, yeah, you... I, remember mm-hmm. I
0: remember one of your big jailbreaking screenshots is uh, past the taco or something like that, right? Or...
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, tell me more about this. Tell me, tell me.
0: No, where, where where when you uh on the bottom where you can slide to unlock or something like that. I think you
1: <laughs> Yeah, that's one thing that you could do actually. If you you jailbreak, you could have some fun by changing around some of the text on the screen. So everyone knows the old slide to unlock thing on the bottom. You could make that whatever you want. I have always found it funny to put spread the taco because, you know, why not? Spread the taco. So I put that, and what else? You can also change the color of the little bun, too. Like, uh, everyone has that little silver bun they use to slide. I made mine blue. I find it looks nice. But those are just little cosmetic things. Some of my favorite useful things I like to do on a a jailbroken device. Here's just a few of my favorite things. First off, you know how Apple puts a limit on how many icons you can put in a folder? I think it's 12 on the iPhone and 20 on iPad. You know, sometimes you want more in your folders because I have way more games than 20. So you could install something called Infinifolders, which allows you to have as many icons in folders as you want and scroll through them. Additionally, a couple of my favorite ones include uh, question clause. Do you use a PIN, a like a PIN number on your phone in order so that way it gets lost and don't get into it?
0: Um, like uh Apple ID or that something
1: else? Oh well like you know how like when you have your phone and you unlock it it asks you for a four digit number or do you not set that up? Oh I
0: I should have set that up, I
1: didn't. You should, you know, because it's useful. But the thing is it gets very annoying as it keeps entering it in every time. There's a jailbreak tweak called Cleverpin, which I really like. I think it's like Oh by
0: the way, for all of the blog talk radio other fans that are listening to our show today. I heard that Chris Rock, the comedian, the funny man, was on. Uh, this is not related to technology, really. I had. Uh, Chris Rock was on one of Long Talk Radio shows today. That was a pretty big uh, snag. No oh, way! Hey,
1: I hear about that. But I love Chris Rock. No one told me he was going to be on.
0: Yeah. yeah. He was on a. He was on a sports show, but uh, he was talking. What? To, he was talking comedy. So,
1: what is yeah. Chris? Right. What does Chris Rock know about sports? Why would he be on a sports show? <laughs> that's he's funny.
0: Out
1: oh, apparently he's been on a lot of times, actually. He, the blog, bottom line sports, blog talk radio blog. Uh, yeah, that's actually pretty awesome. I love Chris Rock. You ever listen to some of his comedy? He has some funny stuff. Yeah, it's funny stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. Certainly not appropriate, but it's very funny. <laughs> not always appropriate.
0: Sometimes it is.
1: Oh, gosh. Like, I still remember, like, there's so, I, there's some skits I want to quote, but they definitely won't be appropriate for our show. But they're very funny. <laughs> like, if you guys get a chance, this is totally unrelated to what we were just talking about, but check out, I think it's called Rolling With the New, which is his live album, which is very funny. I recommend you guys check it out. But I really want to check out that interview. That's going to be good. They really need some more high-profile people on BTR in order to get more popular. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> hmm. Well, yeah, I think we talked enough about the jailbreak, yeah? Like, let's see. Like, what other news do we have? What's coming up next on the docket? Well, not on the docket, on our docket. Yeah I, was just, yeah,
0: I was thinking we were talking about a lot of legal issues before with the uh, jailbreaking. That would be a good discussion on our
1: sister show, The
0: Legal Docket.
1: Hmm, you're right, actually. You know, we really should have, like, uh, I don't want to spoil anything, but we should totally, like, do a collaboration show like uh, the legal showdown or something, you know, where we talk about legal issues involving technology. It would be a blast, don't you think?
0: And we'll talk about how you voted for the loser in the presidential election.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. That's that's funny. That's real funny, you know. That's real funny. (laughs) I still feel sad about it. But it's been how long? Two months now? He hasn't, like, done anything too bad yet. So I'll give the guy the benefit of the doubt. Uh, Maybe 2016, maybe. (laughs) Well, like he's definitely not getting into like when I was talking legal stuff. so That's funny. <laughs> Don't make this a political thing. Yeah,
0: I have mm-hmm. some breaking. I have some breaking tech news. Yeah, I just opened up TweetDeck to manage the system showdown account. You know what TweetDeck is, John?
1: I've heard of TweetDeck. Yeah, it's uh, like a professional Twitter client, right?
0: Yes, and you can manage uh, a lot of multiple accounts on there.
1: Yeah, how many accounts do you have anyway? I'm curious.
0: Uh, enough to drive you crazy.
1: That's funny. All right. So what's the breaking news? Tell me.
0: Well, there's an update, and a new update. I'll tell you what the update is. and me. What's new in this update? A redesigned app. They've redesigned the app and proven their legibility of the text, icons, buttons, and other on-screen elements. Tweets are clearer and more consistent with the official Twitter apps, with other official right. Twitter apps. That's
1: um, nice.
0: Change the color, light or dark. You can easily change the color of the app. And they spell color the way the British spell color, C-O-L-O-U-R.
1: Well, like, to be fair, I'm pretty sure, like, you know the history of TweetDeck, right?
0: Um, not really. Yet. Please, well, please uh, amuse me.
1: Oh, I will amuse you, or I'll be you plenty. But let's see, uh, let's see. TweetDeck was originally a British third-party app. That was created by, I, I'm not actually sure the story of its creation, but it was created by this little British side company who made this really cool professional Twitter application, they released it for free, and you can match multiple feeds, and it was fabulous. And it caught the attention of Twitter, and then Twitter bought it. And they kind of let it stagnate. And I'm really surprised they're doing an update for it, though, because, yes. like, Twitter has well, been trying to, mm-hmm. Well, I
0: haven't I haven't opened up TweetDeck in at least uh, two weeks, so maybe the update is was was uh, was long ago. But maybe because I just opened it to just notify me now about the update. But uh,
1: yeah, well, yeah. Like um, let's talk. Let's talk about Twitter desktop clients. I think like the only nice one for Windows is TweetDeck. It's a very nice one. Yeah. Like right now I'm at Macintosh, I use TweetBot. Which is pretty cool. It's...
0: Yeah, but the tweetbot is available on the iPhone and, and iPod Touch devices, but it's not available on Windows.
1: Correct. It's available for iPhone, iPod Touch, iPad, and Macintosh, not Windows. Okay. Uh, yes. <laughs> You're so, always well, left out, aren't you?
0: I don't know how. I don't know how, if, if you've seen the. You, uh, I'm sure our listeners know who I is. Mhm, her, her. Yeah, I just seen on on the the YouTube celebrity uh,
1: okay.
0: she posted a video very recently of uh her iPhone apps and and you know on the bottom of the uh I don't know what it's called is like a dashboard, I mean where the phone mail, safari and music are on your on your uh, iPad like on the bottom, right? But I that's called.
1: A, that's called a dock, isn't that's a dock, I think.
0: On the doc, yeah, on her dock, instead of having a phone there, she has TweetBot because she says she uses TweetBot more than she uses her phone.
1: <laughs> hmm. Well, like, I'm not surprised about that, you know, because, like, they call the phone, but people don't use it for much of a phone anymore. They hardly ever take phone calls anymore. Now it's just texting, tweeting. Uh, what? Like, let me check out what's on my doc on my phone, actually, because that's a real-life example. Yeah, I have a, like I have an Android phone, but it's the same kind of thing as an iPhone. Yeah, I have texting, calling, email, and web. Those are the four main things I use my phone for. And I'm sure you have some pretty similar, right? Yeah,
0: I'm not like I'm not like I mm-hmm. uh, I also want to thank. Uh, so far, I have five listeners tuning in to to a showdown. So, I five listeners. I five listeners.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh. Well, yeah, but let's see. We're talking about uh, our Docs. Like, I'm looking. I have an iPad. I'm looking at my Doc right now. That's actually, like, this ties perfectly into what we're talking about because Apple usually limits you to four icons on the bottom if you have an iPhone or an iPod, or six if you have an iPad. If you jailbreak, you could put more down there. Right now, I have seven down there. I have Safari, Mail, Twitter, Alien Blue, which is Reddit, Evernote, Spotify and settings. Those are my seven most used apps. And they're great. I'm not going to lie. Uh, but let's see. What were we talking about? Somehow we like prowled down to a total tangent of this. <laughs> but yeah, like I really do want to see this. I just seen video actually. I definitely want to see this. It's on her channel, right?
0: It's on her main channel. She has five YouTube channels.
1: Who has five YouTube channels? I know she's a professional YouTuber. but Seriously? Five?
0: Yeah, I think one of them is her newest one, which is iJustine Gaming.
1: Yeah, she does gaming now. I never would have thought that, like, I don't want to be sexist, but, I mean, if you look at the girl, you know, you wouldn't think that she'd be a hardcore gamer, you know? But she is. I'm surprised about that. I am, like, it's, like, I don't know how to put this, but, I mean... Uh,
0: well, 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 for all of our female
1: listeners, John is not sexist. I so don't. Worry. I promise I'm not. Like I, the more I talk, the deeper I dig myself into a rabbit hole. I'm just thinking now, so I better just stop now. Oh gosh, but yeah, like point I'm trying to make is that she does have five channels. Uh, she has uh, her main channel. She has her other channel. She has the gaming channel. She has one dedicated exclusively to videos she shoots with her iPhone, which. Uh, I don't know. It's not the worst idea, I guess, you know? Uh, Because, yeah, this actually segue. Like, we're talking about online video sharing. This segues perfectly into a segment I want to do that I told you about. Right, Claude? Yeah, and what's her
0: fifth channel?
1: Um, Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. She has a fifth one. I think she does reviews. That's right. She has a reviews channel where she, like, reviews gear and stuff. That's pretty cool, actually. I like some of her channels, you know? Some of her channels, you know, I think that her main one got a, like uh, a little bit ridiculous. since she started doing all these song parodies. She's like, I don't judge. She's not the best singer in the world, and I like when she talks about tech. And that's all I. Otherwise, it's kind of you know bland. But yeah, point I actually want to make real quick. Like can we talk about what I want to talk about. The app of the week.
0: Yeah, go right ahead.
1: Sweet. We're talking about online video, and this actually falls in perfectly with iJustine because iJustine is on this brand new service from Twitter. Uh, It's called Vine. If you go to vine.co, that's vine.co, you can check it out. Vine is a brand new app from Twitter. They just released it a couple of weeks ago. It's available for iPhone, iPod Touch, and iPad, and it's free of charge, and it allows you to make little six-second looping videos and then share them on Twitter or Facebook with your friends. Edit. Oh, it's, it's really – it's cool. Yeah, yeah,
0: wow. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm currently I'm, – I'm using for System Showdown. Uh, now, John, were you the one that posted a tweet? We're going live episode 58 in less than a half hour at 630
1: I hope so. Yeah, that was me. I'm pretty sure. Why? Yeah, that was me. No, yeah. Before,
0: no, I'm looking at. I'm looking at. I'm using TweetDeck and it really looks um, amazing right now. The, the the new look of TweetDeck. If, if you have TweetDeck or if you're a Twitterer and you have Windows, definitely get TweetDeck because they made a ton of new great adjustments to uh, the
1: network. Um, yeah. That's cool. Like, I have the old version of TweetDeck. I have the yellow one. They changed it to a blue icon now, right? Uh, yeah. All right, cool, cool. Because, like, I have the really old version. They updated. it. Because I have uh, version point three eight two. Yeah, there's a new version of TweetDeck available. That's right, yeah. Uh, Yeah, I might as well update it, actually, come to think of it. Hmm. You know, like, uh, what are your favorite fe- what are your favorite features in a Twitter client anyway cuz yeah, you're a heavy tweeter aren't you?
0: Yeah, timeline, interactions, mention, mentions, search, lists, messages, trends, tweets, favorites, activity
1: and Facebook. <laughs> nice, nice. And like you have like three different Twitter accounts just to your own name, don't you?
0: Yeah, and I'm, I'm I I actually I like your idea. John had this brilliant idea. Where you have one Twitter client for all your Foursquare check-ins and Instagram photos, and you have another Twitter client for all your tweets, that you, all, all your at replies, all of your um, tweets from your from your from your Twitter clients. So, yeah, John, can you explain that theory? Because I think our listeners would like to, we would probably learn something from that.
1: Wait, wait, that was my idea. I don't even remember that. Who else came up with that? Like, oh, I well, John.
0: Microsoft Windows was my idea. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Windows was my idea. Oh, yeah. Like, that was such a horrible campaign. I can't believe that. Like, I can't believe Microsoft actually did that. You know, Windows 7 was my idea. Oh, gosh. But, yeah, like, speaking of, we actually want to talk, like, uh, go. this segues perfectly into what we wanted to talk about, actually. Hey, you heard the new Surface Pro was released and is being reviewed, and... People are saying it's not that good. Like, are you excited for the Surface? Would you buy a Surface as opposed to an iPad? Oh, yeah. it was like $1,000? It's
0: very expensive.
1: It's very expensive, but you're getting a full laptop. Like, Well, you're not getting a full laptop. You're getting a tablet with a keyboard and a full version of Windows 8 that can run all your favorite Windows applications. And I think you're right. It's pretty expensive, especially when compared to something like an iPad. But... Microsoft's not trying to aim for the iPad. They're trying to aim for little notebook computers like the MacBook Air or something, you know? So you're right. It starts at like $900. And I I know we bring them up every episode, but if you go on The Verge, they have the Microsoft Surface Pro review when they have the best reviews. Because I'm not going to lie, it may be my Microsoft bias, but if Apple made a device like this, I'd say that's gorgeous. It's a sexy little device, you know? It's cool looking. That's the thing. But they're saying it's like, I especially like its keyboard. The keyboard on it is gorgeous. It's brilliant to integrate the keyboard right into the cover of the device. And I like it a lot. But the main problem is it runs on Windows, you know, and a lot of people see that as a pro, and I'm sure you'd love it. But I don't know. For whatever reason, I don't see Windows and a tablet mixing that well at all. That's just me. Like, what do you think of that? Would you use Windows on a tablet? Yes. Really? Why? Because
0: uh, I. Um,
1: uh huh.
0: I get to experience what it may have been like to use a Zoom.
1: Oh yeah, of course. I miss the like. I know I say this now after it's been discontinued, but I miss the Zoom. The Zoom had a good thing going for it. Like, they discontinued all devices and they rebranded the service as Xbox Music. But I still remember, like, why did they make it come in brown? Who would buy a brown device, you know? I don't think Apple has ever offered a brown device, ever. You know? Like, I guess some people like brown, but really. I'm totally, like, the majority of their branding was brown, too, you know? Like, it wasn't... It wasn't sexy. It wasn't cool, and that's why I honestly think it failed. You know, but uh, point I'm trying to make: enough focusing on Microsoft's previous previous failures. I think for Microsoft right now, it's do or die. They need Windows 8 and the Surface to succeed. They are putting nearly all of their chips on this because that's what they have. Oh yeah, we actually talk about one other thing. If we're talking about Microsoft, have you seen the new version? Uh, we talked about we touched on this last week, but I wanted to bring it up real quick. Have you seen uh, the new version of Microsoft Office? Uh, Office. Uh, you, uh, mm-hmm.
0: I, we touched on this last week,
1: uh-huh. but,
0: John. But do you think Microsoft Office is, is, is still going to be a competitor with with, uh, with Mr. Google Docs? Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. I, I can. They're trying. That's the thing. You know, they're trying very badly. Because I think with this new Office Live 365, or however they're branding it, it's an online service. And it's not only online, it's also a subscription service. But it comes down to the thing, why would you pay a subscription fee for Office when you could just use Google Docs for free? You know? And uh, the big thing right now is, like, this ties in perfectly to the Surface thing, because Surface... Microsoft is marketing Surface as the only tablet that has Office. And technically, that's true. It's the only tablet that has Microsoft Office. They're right. But do you really need Microsoft Office? The iPad has Pages. The iPad has Evernote. The iPad has uh, all different kinds of competing programs, online, Google Docs, Google Drive. All these different programs are already available on competing tablets, even on Android tablets. Same deal. You have Quick Office, you have uh, uh, Documents to Go, all these competing Office suites are available. And even on the desktop, there's Open Office, there's LibreOffice. I don't okay. know if Microsoft has what it takes uh, you know, in order to stay relevant. Because don't get me wrong, there's some really cool things that are in Office. Uh, Excel in particular, Excel is the lifeblood of the business world. You know, If you don't do it in Excel, it doesn't fly. But uh, it comes down to the thing, really, I'm not sure if Microsoft is going to be able to stay relevant, especially with Office or with Windows. And they're trying. They're trying new, exciting things, and I think that's great. They're doing Surface. They're doing Windows Phone. They're doing Xbox. And I think they definitely have a future in that. But I don't know if Windows 8 is going to make the dent that Microsoft wants it to. And I have an upgrade to Windows 8. I don't know many people who have. I still have Windows 7 running on my partition. And not, there's not really much of real a draw for people to upgrade to 8 because people have been hearing so many things about And I remember, like, I'm totally <laughs> rambling at this point. But I just want to make one more point.
0: You really ruin it for me.
1: You're fine. Like, if you have something to say, chime right in. I know when I get I started. Know. I mean,
0: that. <laughs> you're ruining all my excitement over this new surface pro
1: i i just i'm just talking about how it is you know that's how it is you want to hear real talk that's real talk 'cause like it has, like I well,
0: actually, to... we, um a lot of tech experts are are um are uh, kind of talking about it's down it's uh it's um you know it's
1: downfall mhm uh, well that's the thing you know tech journalists love to leech on to something and say, oh, Microsoft is going to fail. Oh, Apple isn't relevant anymore. Oh, Google is going to crash and burn, you know? Because it's a much better story than Apple doing so well, you know, or Microsoft doing great. Like, uh, if we're going to be talking about journalistic sensationalism, we could talk about in, uh, I want to say, 1996. I'm probably wrong, 1997, 1996. Apple uh, there was a significant cover that Wired ran back when Apple wasn't doing very well. I believe it had a picture of the Rainbow Apple logo surrounded by barbed wire and one word in big black letters on the front of the cover, pray. because people thought that Apple wasn't going to make it anymore, you know? And, of course, they proved them wrong. Ten years later, back when Apple was doing great, they published another cover, Evil Genius. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, point I'm trying to make is that uh Microsoft is gonna have a hard time staying relevant, especially with all these competitors. And I do wish them the best of luck. I'm actually gonna try and get to a Microsoft store sooner or later in order to try out the to see if it's as bad as everybody is saying. I'm just curious, that's all. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And
0: let's hunt for these Microsoft stores. Are mm-hmm. they going to have a? Are they going to have a Genius
1: Bar? Like I don't know if they can't call that. Of course, I'm pretty sure Apple owns a trademark on Genius. But <laughs> yeah, you know
0: what? I, I want to talk about you, you talk about trademarks. Sorry, it's you, John.
1: Mm-hmm. Have you heard
0: about the iPhone in Brazil?
1: Oh yes, that's actually a very good story, actually, because uh, they do field this one. Like yeah, you heard about this, you bring it up. I want to hear what your thoughts are on this.
0: Well, yeah, there's a company I'm getting the story on right now. There's a company um, in Brazil that wants to grab the uh, trademark, wants to actually get a patent for the iPhone, saying that they had it first before Apple did. Remember, uh, Apple had some problems in China, I believe, right?
1: You're Uh, correct, China.
0: Yes, Apple had some problems in China with this. And um, now uh, in Brazil... Uh, the company that's going to, uh, t- I guess, take over the name from Apple uh, of iPhone.
1: Because, mm-hmm. like, this isn't the first time this has happened. It, even in America, this has actually happened. Not many people know about. But when Apple first announced the iPhone in 2007, they didn't own the trademark on the word iPhone. You know who did? Who did? Cisco. Cisco
0: system. Oh, well, that's right. That's right. Yeah, that's in the story here. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Apple. So, mm-hmm. Apple's going to reportedly lose the iPhone trademark in Brazil. Everybody's covering the story from TechCrunch to Reuters, uh, which sites a source familiar with the forthcoming decision from that country's copyright regulator. The trademark was challenged by a British electronics firm called IGB. Electronics SA, which launched a new line of Android phones. There you go again with your Android phones, John.
1: Yeah, I have to admit the irony in that, that they're marketing a phone called the iPhone, and it's run on Android. That's a total knife in the heart right there, you know? Ouch. Ooh, like I hate to be Apple in that situation. <laughs> yeah, Good. and,
0: and I, can, I can imagine that Steve Jobs is rolling around in his grave.
1: Oh, yeah, I know, right? Poor Steve. <laughs> but here's the thing. like, what If you were Apple in this situation and you were trying to get the trademark of your product around the world, because keep in mind, every country's trademark laws are different, and Apple needs to try and obtain the trademark for the word iPhone. Every single country that sells it in, and that's, of course, very difficult, you know? Because someone in, you know, Belgium or something could register the trademark for iPhone, and Apple doesn't do anything about it because. because that's a different country, and Apple's an American country. <laughs> Apple's not a country. Apple's an American company, and they're going to have trouble trying to enforce their trademark. Because uh, what would you do if you're Apple in this situation? How would you handle this?
0: I was, uh, I would pay them millions of dollars that I make mm-hmm. off of all my products. To, to get the trademark
1: that's what they call royalty and that's exactly what Apple did with Cisco and that's exactly what Apple did with that China case over the word iPad but there's a couple of other options they have actually uh, from what I've read that they could do if you want to look at this legally they could just go and buy the company actually Apple has billions of dollars they could just swallow up this little company and then they'll have the trademark you know take them out quietly And there's one other thing, which is the most cost-effective. They could just stop using the iPhone name. You know they would call it instead? Yeah. The Apple phone. Just call it Apple phone, you know? They'll have no trouble with that, and life will be moving on as usual. Because uh, I think actually, like, uh, here's a fun fact. Brazil has a lot of trademark issues. I want to say the Samsung Galaxy Nexus had trouble selling there because another company had rights to the word Nexus. So they sold it as the Galaxy X instead. You know? They just picked a different name. All they had to do was change their name. It didn't damage the brand. People knew what it was. People in America didn't care because it wasn't their country. And life moved on, you know? The question is, is it worth it, $60 million or so to Apple to fight this company or buy it out in order to get this trademark? Is iPhone...
0: John, you sound like Jerry Seinfeld. The question is this.
1: <laughs> what's the deal with airline food? Craver! <laughs> oh, gosh. See, so, you now you got me started. <laughs> you don't get me started. You're funny, you know. that You're funny. But, yeah, what's the point I was trying to make? I was trying to make a point. Uh, I, yeah, it's very hard to enforce a world trademark. Let's just put it out there, you know? If you want to have a, you know, like even an apple, you know. I think I was reading a case where there was a, like, don't quote me on this, but there was this little company in France called Pomme. I'm totally mispronouncing that. You know French. Like, what's the French word for apple? Uh,
0: oh, oh Pomme. I think it's called Pomme.
1: Yeah, Pomme, Pomme, whatever. You know, I'm terrible at French. The point is, if someone went into, like, someone in France,
0: Sorry,
1: couple... French, I say hola to you. Hola, como esta usted, amigo? <laughs> oh, that's not French. <laughs> we should totally do a bilingual show, you know? We could totally get in with the Latino community. It would be great. <laughs> yeah,
0: and you should get a uh, like President Obama appeal to his Spanish. Oh, yeah.
1: People. Yeah, be great, I tell you. You know, like, totally. Like, we should, like, have Bloomberg come on and say something his Spanish, you know? Al Bloombito. Have oh, you heard Bloomberg speak Spanish? It's hilarious. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, God, it's funny. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're spending way too much time in this story. Move on to the next story. What we got coming up next?
0: Um, something about
1: Facebook. Who doesn't love Facebook? Oh, who doesn't love Facebook? They're always in the news nowadays. Because, yeah, like we have a story coming up that I wanted to talk about. We can talk about it after we talk about this one regarding Facebook's newest acquisition, Instagram, and their new redesigned website?
0: Yeah, um, definitely.
1: And the, Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Tell me. I'm
0: hoping like, Foursquare follows in Instagram's footsteps. Hmm, how so? By, uh, by allowing you to check in online. Are you up to that or not
1: really? You can't really, you know, because the thing about, Checking in online is that the way check-ins work on Foursquare, it uses the phone's GPS, you know, in order to make sure you're actually there. And, yes, there are ways to cheat at Foursquare. But the thing is, there, clearly there's no GPS in most computers. Come to think of it, I can't think of a single computer that has GPS. And it comes down to the thing, it just won't be practical. Why would you pull out your computer and check in somewhere when you could just do it on your phone or do it on your tablet, you know? Because it's funny how Foursquare is very hesitant to make an iPad app. They have their iPhone app, which runs just fine on iPad, but they haven't optimized it in order to take advantage of the iPad's big screen. So, yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, it's funny you mention that because you're right, actually. Instagram was originally a mobile-only service. If you want to go to the Instagram website, you can't do anything. And then they made it a little bit more open, where there are profiles on there. And now we're where we we are now, where we are today, where you could log in to Instagram.com and see your whole timeline. Uh, I don't think they call it timeline actually. What do they call it? I think in Facebook, they your picture feed, I think, or whatever they call it. You could see all your friends' pictures. That's what I'm trying to say. You could see all your friends' pictures, you could like them, and you could comment on them, which is rad. You know, I think it's fabulous. Because uh, the only I thing like,
0: for, for all of our legal docket carrier overs, for any of our legal docket fans that tune in tonight, we don't spam you. That's the Facebook ad campaign, so don't. <laughs>
1: like I want to talk about that for a second, you know. Like as a background, uh, we have a fan page for one of our sister shows, Legal Docket, and. Uh, I believe it was you, Claude, you uh, participate in the Facebook ad program where you out some of our stories, and they appear in people's news feeds in order to generate interest for the show, which I think is fabulous, you know? And we get these people, I, don't, I want to refrain from saying bad words, but we get these people who come onto our page and accuse us of spamming them on their page. So, of course, you know what we don't know what they're talking about. We don't post on anybody else's page. We pay Facebook in order to get our ads featured in our people's news fees, which is a totally legitimate practice. And these people are accusing us of doing things our wrong. So, you know, I take great pleasure in going on there to prove their ignorance by pointing out, no, yes. this is not us. This is Facebook. Uh, I'm just
0: wondering whenever someone comments on the legal docket page, uh, Is a a notification sent to you or something like that?
1: Yeah, it actually is, because, like, I'm an admin of the page, so I get a notification about whenever someone sends me, like, whenever someone comments, I get a notification on my Mm -hmm. device. Do you? You got one, too, right?
0: Yeah. By the way, I retweeted our system showdown show uh, tweet tonight. It's over at uh, at twitter.com slash quos, which is my official Twitter page. And, uh, And, yeah, so you can check that out. Also, you can find us on Twitter at, at twitter dot com slash showdown. Yep, we grabbed that name. So, That's uh, ours. <laughs>
1: on, I still can't believe we got that. That was so great, wasn't it?
0: And it's in high demand, but uh, we, uh, we we're not giving it away anytime soon. So <laughs>
1: totally.
0: Yeah, I, I just want to get to the uh, Facebook story. Um, according to a. Uh, A report from the Pew Research Center, from the Pew PEW, the Pew Research Center's Internet and American Life Project. They found that 61% of Facebook users had taken a hiatus of at least several weeks for multiple reasons, whether they were weary from the onslaught of gossip or for the more pious, the arrival of Lent. (laughs) Yes, Yes. This is true.
1: Interesting.
0: Yeah, of the um, of the American adults who use the internet, 67% are on Facebook. Pew found that companies with 20% who use LinkedIn. Oh, that. No, sorry. That com, I, I thought the word compares was companies. My bad. That compares with 20% who use LinkedIn, and 16% who are on Twitter. So, did that surprise you that? There are more people on LinkedIn than Twitter, John?
1: Well, we're talking about active users or total users?
0: American uh, uh, American adults who use the Internet. That's what they said.
1: All right, all right. So it comes down to the thing where, uh, hmm, uh, this is American adults. So how do you categorize an adult? 18 and over? Well, how do you categorize an adult? Is an adult 18 years of age or older?
0: Um, let me check.
1: Because I think that's what an adult is. And to be honest, if that were the case, I wouldn't be surprised. Because Facebook is a teenage thing. I still believe that. It was starred for high schoolers. Actually, I'm wrong. I'm totally wrong. It was starred for college students. Who aren't technically teenagers, but half of them are. But uh, and it somehow grew out from there to high schoolers, and then everybody wants a Facebook, and then brands got onto it, and now you can go like Coca Cola and share with all your friends, you know. So the point I try to make is, I do believe that LinkedIn is a more professional network. People go onto LinkedIn and they want to further and better themselves, because that's what LinkedIn is all about. About uh, what's the thing? Uh, about pretty much, like LinkedIn is pretty much an online resume. That's exactly what LinkedIn is an online resume and a way to network with people. That's what LinkedIn is. And Facebook, on the other hand, is where you get to, you know, stalk your ex girlfriend and look at all your friends and how great their lives are, you know, and try to boast your own life, you know. That's the main divide between Facebook and LinkedIn. And that's why I honestly won't compare it. And I bet money. I, I you know. I bet money on this, that the majority of Facebook users are also on LinkedIn and vice versa. A lot of people, I'm sure, have both profiles. I, I for example, try to have as many profiles as possible online, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Google+. You know? And, you know, it's the social generation, you know, be online as much as possible, I guess. And I do want to bring up what you said. People take breaks from Facebook. Have you ever taken a long break from Facebook?
0: Uh, yes, I have. And a little bit in college, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. How that feel? Do you have any withdrawal symptoms?
0: Uh, a little bit, yeah.
1: Because that's the thing. like, Facebook is so addicting. It's incredibly addicting. And, of well, course, like, that's, you know, it's addicting. I'm not going to lie. It's fun. But uh, the point that I try to make is uh, no wonder that, like, uh, if you get really into it, it could make you crazy, you know? That's why it's not a bad idea to take a break from it. But the problem is Facebook is so ingrained in our lives now, you know? It's like everything uses Facebook. With Facebook Connect especially, if I want to log into a site, i got to use my Facebook login. You know, if I want to go on to Spotify, i got to go use Facebook in order to get on to it, you know? Yeah. hmm <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah, I digress.
0: I, w- I once posted a status that Facebook Connect is an
1: even greater invention than Facebook itself. Mm-hmm. Like, it comes down to the thing, Facebook is what's hot now, but Facebook Connect is going to keep Facebook relevant. And that's what MySpace and Friendster and all these previous networks before simply didn't have. They didn't have a way to keep the service relevant. And as long as Connect will is around, people are going to keep using Facebook. If they don't use it directly, they'll be using it as a single sign-on service. Something like... Uh, Not many people remember it because it was pretty big back in the the, the early 2000s. OpenID. OpenID was meant to be a single login that you'd use for every single website. It didn't catch on, mostly because Facebook came with Connect and it took its place. And that's what Facebook's goal is. Facebook wants you to log in using it to every single site that you touch. So that way they have relevance. That's their shtick. If they're ingrained in enough services, they'll keep going. Yeah. And, yeah, well, that's how I feel well, about it, at least.
0: <laughs> that's a great topic for future shows as well.
1: But getting for back sure. to our
0: main, our main topic about the uh, Windows 8 tablet, a uh-huh. study studied came out according to CNET, that those who work information would rather have something like a Surface than any Apple counterpart. But hardly, however, any of the respondents actually owns a Windows eight tablet so john did, did, uh, are you surprised by that at all that uh that um people who worked would rather have a surface than an Apple counterpart or, well uh, it,
1: it comes down to the thing where people like familiarity if you give it's like say you have someone who works in a company whose job mainly consists of writing in Word and working in Excel and making something in PowerPoint. That's consistency. If you give them an iPad or a competing tablet, they're not going to know what to do. However, if you give them something like a Surface that has Word, Excel, PowerPoint, and runs the tools that they need right out of the box, then they won't be so hesitant to pick one up, you know? I personally believe that. And uh, I think that... Uh, let's see, what's the point I was trying to make with that? So... It's going to be big in enterprise. I guarantee that. That's where Microsoft is shooting for, and that's where Microsoft is most relevant nowadays. Microsoft is big with enterprise. Microsoft has uh, Outlook, which, uh, have you seen, they're trying to rebrand Hotmail as Outlook.com. I've got right. an Outlook address. I think it's pretty cool. If you've seen the new interface, it's really beautiful. I'm not going to lie. But, Does it doesn't
0: matter uh, if you're using Safari
1: or... Um yeah, like you made a good point. That's pretty funny. It's funny. Like surprisingly, Outlook works great in Apple Safari. Who knew? Yeah, it was fabulous though. Uh, but the point I try and make is it goes back to the whole thing of if Microsoft wants to stay relevant, they need to keep going for the enterprise market, and hopefully they could stick with that because I really don't see too many people going into, like, too many companies going into enterprise as well as Microsoft could. I'm sure some of the bigger ones have a shot. Maybe Cisco, maybe Oracle, any -hmm. of these companies certainly could do it. But Microsoft's the top dog right now, and it's going to be very hard to dethrone them. Yeah, that's my spiel. (laughs) Uh But, yeah, move on to the next story, yeah?
0: Yes, move on to the next story. Let's talk about... um... Well, we want to start something new. Maybe eventually we'll have a whole intro and a whole lead-up to this. Uh, we talked about the app of the week. And, John, what is our app of the week, uh, people who have um, iOS 6 and any of these app devices?
1: Mm-hmm. That's actually a good question. Like I want to check the system requirements real quick. For our app of the week, and drumroll please, our app of the week for iOS is Vine from Twitter. Uh, Vine is a great little app. Uh, Let's see, it's compatible with iPhone 3GS, iPhone 4, iPhone 4S, iPhone 5, a bunch of the iPod Touches, and the iPad, and requires iOS 5 or later. Now, the meat of it: Vine is a great little app from the guys at Twitter. Uh, I believe they actually acquired them before launch, and now they're released under Twitter. So it allows you to record six-second videos and then share with people instantly through Facebook or Twitter. And I tried it. Like, if you want to check out my Vine, you can go onto my Twitter profile, and I post a Vine. And
0: uh, I have a breaking news story about Vine. This is reported is by Vacher by News, the trusted source for emerging tech. There was some sort of porn controversy... Have you heard about this?
1: With, with I Vine? have. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, This is actually a pretty good, interesting story. Talk about it for a bit. Vine had some controversy after their launch. Yeah. Yes. The <laughs> Tell age me
0: about rating, it. Basically, mm-hmm. the gist of the story is that the age rating on Vine has been raised to 17 when you download it from the App Store. Twitter has been taking steps toward weeding out inappropriate content on the app. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's
1: now NC-17. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, like what actually happened, the reason why this was such a big deal was because first, as you said, there wasn't any rating that prevented people from uploading pornographic images onto Vine. And the main problem that actually happened is, uh, as a bit of background, when you open the Vine app and you're not subscribed to anybody, you're not following anybody, you see the editors' picks that the Vine editors actually sit down and choose to go what goes on the home page of Vine. Somehow, through human error, someone picked a pornographic clip and made it the editor pick. And this was seen by I'm not sure how many Vine users, but it had potential to be seen by people who shouldn't have seen it. And that's you know, this was within a week of the thing being released. So it gave Vine a really bad name in that respect. So I'm pretty sure Apple actually took swift action against Twitter for this. They pulled the Vine app from, as a narrator's choice from the App Store, which really limited how much people would see it. As, and you know, and
0: Apple, and Twitter, Apple and Twitter are known for having a good relationship.
1: Mm-hmm, that's the thing. They actually have a much better relationship when compared to our online services. Like right now, uh, Apple and Facebook were enemies, and uh, they, Apple and Twitter were like, they worked together first in order to integrate Twitter into online and Twitter into iOS.
0: And then yeah, Facebook came up. I don't know how many words you can say on air about this. Our, uh, our audience is everyone, but uh, Twitter became aware of the problem quickly and tried to weed out inappropriate videos by restricting a number of hashtags, including P-O-R-N... <laughs>
1: Like, come on, like, I already said the word S- pornographic. We could say that.
0: <laughs> S-E-X.
1: We, we can't say that either? Oh, come on. <laughs> well,
0: this we can't say B-O-O-B-S.
1: Oh, yeah, we could totally say that. Uh, I feel like we're playing George Carlin's Seven Dirty Words You Can't Say on Television.
0: <laughs> and uh, B-O-O-T-Y.
1: It's <laughs> like, wait a minute. So what do they mean by filtering? If I search for that in right now, I won't get anything?
0: Uh, probably,
1: yeah. Let's name. try that. I'm going to try this right now. Let's do this let's, let's do this live, you know? <laughs> do it live. Do it live. Yeah. Do it live. <laughs> let's see. I'm loading up the Vine app right now. I'm logged into Vine. By the way, if you people want to follow me, I'm John Scheiber on Vine. Uh, let's go to Explore and let's type in a dirty word and see if I get anything. This is history here, people. Come uh, on. Ah, huh, it's giving me a sad face. That's weird. Why isn't it letting me search? Okay, let's try another dirty word. Yeah, I think you might be right, actually. It's limiting you that you can't search for those tags. You're right. I can't find any pornographic content online. This is unprecedented. Uh, let's try some other words. Uh, if you guys only knew what I was typing right here, you wouldn't believe it.
0: What do FEC have to say about
1: all this? Well, it comes down to the thing, like, You and I both know that Twitter is anything but family-friendly. There's a a lot of adult content on Twitter. We know that for a fact. Uh, I don't know how much I could say, but there's a lot of adult stars who have personal Twitter accounts who use them to connect fans. And I think that's fabulous, you know? Just like how celebrities go onto Twitter, so do adult celebrities. And more power to them. They connect with their fans like they never could before, you know? And I think that's great, you know. But I really do think that there should be some kind of parental controls on Vine. And I think there really should be on Facebook and Twitter, too, for that matter, you know. Because have you heard about uh, just one quick tangent? Because we're definitely running out of time. Have you heard there's this new social network called Grom Social, I think it is? Grom Social. It's a social network for kids. And, like, a parent makes an account on it and uh, the child uh, goes on and does whatever, and then the parent gets a weekly report about what the kid's been doing on it. No, I haven't seen that. It's pretty cool. Like, look it up. I'm pretty sure it's called Grom Social. That's right, G-R-O-M, Grom Social. It's a cool idea, I think, you know? More power to them. Because the internet's a scary place, you know? Scary, scary place. (laughs) Oh yeah, we got like two how many minutes left? Do we got on on air? According to our
0: solution, we got a minute and forty seconds. So. Oh
1: great! So let's wrap it up then. Is there anything else you want to talk about tonight?
0: Uh, not really. I think we covered everything. Oh, Dell, quickly, very quickly, about Dell.
1: Okay, uh, Dell, had- what's the story with Dell? <laughs> oh, what's the story with Dell? Yeah, Dell's going private, right? Yes. Mhm. What does that mean? <laughs> Oh, well, like I'm pretty sure, like, I read the Oracle. If you want to check out The Verge, they know way more that, about than we do. And I'm pretty sure they actually bought back all the stock from the investors, and they're becoming a private company again. They were private once, they went public, now they're going private again. And
0: Wait, also, We talked about Facebook tonight. What is Michael Dell? What is Michael Dell? Ending the show, what does Michael Dell have in common with Mark Zuckerberg? I
1: don't know, what?
0: He started his company from a college
1: dorm room. Ah, yeah. I thought that was going to be a joke, but that's actually a pretty interesting observation. Yeah, because uh, real quick, we got like 40 seconds left. Uh, read Michael Dell's book, Direct from Dell. It's actually really good if you're interested at all in how technology business works. It's a really good I'm book. Using...
0: So uh-huh. I'm actually using a Dell computer right now. And And I'll say goodbye for my Dell computer, and we'll see how Dell does in the stock market going forward and how they're private.
1: Mhm, We'll go update next week, right? We're going to be talking about it next week, hopefully. see if there's any big news about it, yeah,
0: yeah, and hopefully next week, hopefully next week Ilya will will rejoin us right now. he's m i a We hope he's okay, so
1: yeah, we'll see if we can find him. Ciao for now, everybody. It's been a pleasure Thanks. letting go. <laughs> I am John the Mac guy, and who are you?
0: Quas, the PC guy, Quasman and Scheiber, out. Out. Good night.
1: Good night.